Flippin' Bats with Ben Verlander is your only place for the World Baseball Classic coverage. Hi, I'm Ben Verlander, host of Flippin' Bats. And I'm Alex Curry, co-host of Flippin' Bats. From Taiwan to Phoenix and Miami, we'll be providing you daily updates on all the action taking place in this year's WBC. So wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to like and subscribe us at Flippin' Bats. Oh, what is up, family? Now, look, if it's your first time watching This to Speak, we appreciate you. Turn your volumes up, put your remotes down, stay for a while. That's literally the only request. Well, that and laugh. I'm Emmanuel Acho on the far end, NBA insider. Slick Rick the Buker, he goes by Slick. Next to him is the brilliant Joy Taylor. You already know who that is. But to her right, Dave Hellman, NFL insider, knows all things about all things. And then, oh, 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 oh really? I got so excited. I got so excited. That was just, just for I was that. like, he likes me. No handshakes. No handshakes for you, LaShawn McCoy. That is LaShawn McCoy living up to his name of Shady Eagles, all-time rushing leader. But from football to basketball, the Lakers, we got to talk about them because this news is urgent. They have the longest win streak in the Western Conference, but that could come to a screeching, and I mean screeching, halt. LeBron James, you see him right there. He was injured versus the Dallas Mavericks. Remember, they came back from down 27 in NBA season historical fashion, but LeBron James limped out of the stadium. Now the report says that the Lakers, who are currently 12th in the West, might be without the King for the next two weeks. They're 12th in the West, but they're only two and a half games back from that sixth seed, that win over the Mavericks on Sunday night, it was a two-win game as it pertains to the Lakers versus the Mavericks. The Lakers could have been four games back and said they're only two games back of the Mavs, but LeBron, the king, is out. Shady, I'm coming to you with the most really important question of the day in sports. Is the Lakers' season over? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> is the king on? He gone. Yeah, I, I'm going to say yes. I, take, I had a, take, I had a, take, take the, the crown, crown off. Take the crown take off. Because right? oh. he's, he's, he's resting. He's yeah. rehabbing. Yeah. Right? No. He's getting some treatment. I just think that when I, when I watch this team, man, like they have – I love the new additions they have. You know, and D-Lo, hopefully he comes back soon. True. I think he is like day-to-day. Um, but you kind of missing him if he's not back. And then all the pieces added, those pieces are great. Right? We, we talked about Vanderbilt, his hustle, his attitude, his defensive presence. But if the King's not there, mm. we got to depend on Anthony Davis. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that bad way. I'm saying Anthony Davis, he's been, he's been tremendous. He's been phenomenal. He's played phenomenal against the Mavs, right? 30, 30 points, 15 rebounds. He's balling. But it goes well with the King. LeBron is, is, is ball dominant. He, he's, the, he's like the – he makes the engine go. Mm-hmm. And we love AD, but the main guy's LeBron James. Yes, sir. You know, and it's, it's been remarkable how he's been healthy. Yep. You know, but if he's not there, I don't know. I won't go that far yet, Shady. Why? Because I think the Lakers still have a chance. I'm not going to doubt the new-look Lakers because we have yet to look at the new-look Lakers in totality. What I know about this, what I know about the Lakers is this. They're resilient. 138 times this season, teams have been up by 27 points. And no team has lost when being up by 27 points out of those 138 tries this season, except the Dallas Mavericks, to the new-look Lakers. So why would I doubt them? But let's talk ball because that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. I've seen Mo Bamba, a new addition, have a 13-10 and 10 game. Mm-hmm. I've seen Malik Beasley, a new addition, lead the team in scoring. I've seen Jared Vanderbilt, a new addition, have a 15-17 and 17 game. So I've seen all of these new additions, and I haven't even talked about D'Lo yet. I've seen all of these new additions have incredible caliber games. So why would I doubt? that the Lakers could sustain themselves for two to three weeks when I've seen Mo Bamba give you a double-double. I've seen Vanderbilt give you a double-double. I've seen Malik Beasley go 7 or 11 from three and give you 25 points in a game, and this was all within the last week. Yeah. Ain't no reason for me to doubt. Not this new-look squad. I still believe the Lakers season, though it might be on life support, I wouldn't even put it on life support yet. I still hear the pulse. I'm not losing hope. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, look, this is the simplest way I'll explain it. Uh, the, the pieces that they got were accessories, right? They complemented what they already had. It's a little bit like Shady's outfit right now. Mm. Talk to the me. accessories, he is killing it yeah, with the accessories. Nice. Watch nice. Right? We hair, got the bling, nice. the don't watch. Forget, don't get the hair, though. The chain. Yeah, the earrings. Right. Now, what essentially has happened to the Lakers is they took the suit. So are we now going to recognize, well, those are nice accessories. No, we're going to go, what happened to the suit? Like, the main piece, one of the main pieces, those guys all were get, all getting numbers off the fact that LeBron James was there. 
Can they step in and play that role where now they get their numbers and they get other guys' numbers? Because that's what your core does. Now, I like the idea that AD is going to step up and all these guys are going to rally around it and they're going to say, hey, look, LeBron's going to be back at some point and let's just hold the fort. But these are all brand new guys. Mm -hmm. They don't have that continuity and that synchronicity mm. that a team and a group that's been playing all year would have. So that's where minimum, if he, minimum he's missing two weeks. That's seven games. That's basically a third of the games that you have left. You're going to be without your closer and without your primary playmaker. So who's going to fill those spots? You, like you, Mo Bamba, does he fill either one of the closer? No, playmaker. Mm. D'Lo is out right now. So there's just things that LeBron James does for them. Of course. That the ancillary play pieces are not capable of doing. Joy, who going to fill them spots? Is the Lakers season over? No, because you have Anthony Davis. It really shouldn't even feel over if you have someone like Anthony Davis on the roster, right? Which it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Remember last week when we were talking mm -hmm. about ones and twos? Mm -hmm. And you said. Shouldn't all the pressure be on Anthony Davis now to, I don't know, step up into a max contract role and lead this team for a few weeks That's without true. LeBron James. True. Yeah. Should have happened the last couple of years. Anthony Davis, that guy, shouldn't, mm -hmm. shouldn't, he, shouldn't they feel like, damn, we lost LeBron. That's no good. We're on this, this playoff push. We've got all these new pieces, but we'll be good. We, AD. we can hold it down. We got AD. Are, now, are you saying Should that with be. confidence? I'm not, but... But damn, wouldn't this be a nice time? Yes. This would be a nice time for Anthony Davis to to pick up the pieces, pick up the role that he was supposed to take a few years ago when they brought him yeah. here. Because LeBron was going to take a little step back. Anthony Davis was going to move into the one. A lot younger, yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot younger. Not as much wear and tear. Mm -hmm. So step up. Do you think he will? Because the viewers at home can ask themselves the question, but you should tell them the answer. Do you think that Anthony Davis will do what you believe he should do or was brought here mm -hmm. to do? I will hold on to, to a little hope that that's what will finally happen with this Lakers situation. I will say this was the thing we were afraid of. This was the thing that, that Slick, said, yeah. Slick was talking about and trying to keep us you know, from, I tried. from losing it. I, I tried. It's, it's the injury that we succeeded. have to worry about. And, and this specifically was, are LeBron and Anthony Davis going to be available down this stretch? Right. This is also why it would have been nice <laughs> if they had made these moves, I don't know, a little earlier so that they had some time to let this gel. And this is why having a roster around LeBron James is important so that you're not having to make this push at the end of the season. If they had already, if they had been further up in the standings and this happened, you wouldn't have the fear that they would drop all the way off. Mm -hmm. That's a good so, point. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's I, my point. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping around the point of, of answering the question. No, I don't think that their season is over because they do have Anthony Davis and the role players that have come in have played at a high level. D'Angelo Russell's day-to-day, -day, so yeah. he'll be back soon. And if they can hang on until LeBron is back, LeBron is Superman. I think he will be back when they say he's going to be back because he always does. But that's, that's the question. And this is why I was talking about them not making the roster moves early enough. And this is why Slick was trying to keep us from flipping out because the injuries are a real thing. And my thing is more just like, I, th I think Anthony Davis can put the numbers up, put the team on his back. But the, the only thing is they can't afford too many losses, right? Because mm -hmm. they're trying to just even make the playoffs. Yes. Right? They're, they're, like they're the outside looking that's in. That's what I'm saying. They're outside yeah. looking in. So they got, they, every game counts. And another thing is, LeBron James averaging like 30 points a game. Yep. Mm -hmm. So now he's hurt. Let me get that 30. Who else is going to carry that load to get 30 points? And seven assists. And seven assists. That, that all matters. When you put out like, when I be looking at some of the games, I'm like, okay, if this is my, game, my gambling habits right here. If I got a, a, a game I'm about to bet on, okay, I look at the points. Okay, how many points is this team averaging? How many points is this team averaging? When you take that 30 points out of LeBron James out of the Lakers, who's going to get it? Who's going to get it? Yeah. And that's the big question. But, Slick, this is what Anthony Davis was brought here for, along with being complimentary to LeBron James. LeBron James had to have assessed, okay, I'm now 38, 39, and I'm getting up there in age. Anthony Davis is nearly a decade younger than me. Mm -hmm. If I am going to miss time, Anthony Davis, just hold down the fort until I return. This is what the heck AD was brought here for. Shady and Joy both said it. He's coming off a 30 and 15 game. Yep. The Lakers should not be discouraged at all whatsoever. Yeah. Because if you are a part of the Sixers and Harden goes down, you're like, oh. Still got Embiid. If you're a part of all season, the Bucks and Middleton has been out with his knee injury. Oh, right, still right. got Young. You're right, you're right, yeah. So this is what AD is here for, is it not? Uh, without question. But 
he's been there for this and we haven't seen it. So when I look of, of all the guys, I've heard the rallying cry. AD has said all the right things and he's done all the right things in this push to try to still make the playoffs this year. So I give him credit for that. But it, it, it wasn't like I was doubting LeBron and AD's ability to be the core of a team that gets to, to the play-in and then makes the playoffs. My doubt was the availability. And so you take LeBron out now and you put, what, more pressure on AD? He has to play more minutes. He has to do more. Again, for somebody who physically breaks down on a consistent basis, like that was my whole thing. You're asking LeBron and AD to carry this weight at this point. And every time you ask them to carry that weight, their bodies did not hold up to it. So now that you take LeBron out of the equation, like if a- I hate to say it because this sounds terrible for Lakers fans, Uh-oh. but if, if AD breaks down two over the next five, six, seven games, oh, it, it just wouldn't surprise me because that's – that's, that's been his history. You're not going to worry too I mean, shouldn't yeah. this really be AD's moment? Yes. Yeah, sure. Like, this should yeah. be the moment that AD steps up, puts the Lakers on his back, holds it down until LeBron gets back and they make a playoff push. There's no reason or excuse why he shouldn't be the number one in this situation. I understand you're dealing with a lot of role players who are going to have to step up and replace the production. But, I mean, this is what greats are supposed to do. It, it, you, you, you're certainly being compensated as such. Now, I don't care. I don't really get too much in the money, but like that's what you were brought here to do. Mm-hmm. That's what you're paid to, at the highest level to do. That's why you're put into that category. But for some reason, he doesn't get the pressure that guys like a like a Harden or an Embiid or, Mid- or even a Middleton yeah. like will we'll get. Like they'll, he doesn't get the, the criticism or the pressure. Like he should. This is, should be AD's moment. Yeah. He should be able to step into this space and, and rally the team for the next two weeks until LeBron comes like, final thought. Part of that is because he hasn't been able to stay on the floor long enough the to have that pressure. Answer. Like, when you're not available, then that pressure goes to the next person. But I would say this. Over the next 20 games, this is where AD proves to me that you should remain a Laker, that we can build on you mm, going forward. That's a good point. That's this a great is, point. Because otherwise, it's like – if you're going to break down here with LeBron gone, that's why you were here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, look, we will see. The Lakers have a lot of decisions to make on the court as to what they're going to do with the lineup with LeBron James out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We'll get back to football because this upcoming season will be Dak Prescott's eighth as a starting Cowboys quarterback. And despite winning just two playoff games, Stephen Jones still believes that Dak can take this franchise to its first Super Bowl since 1995, saying, quote, I've got all the faith in the world. We can win this thing with Dak, close quote. I was I was I was shocked when he said that because I was surprised. I was shocked too. <laughs> After eight years, he still had this type of unmitigated faith. It was it was fascinating to me. Born and raised in Dallas, I remember when the Cowboys won that last Super Bowl. I was just a toddler. Dave Hellman, can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. Me neither. Um, do you agree with Stephen Jones that Dak Prescott can lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl? There's a key phrase there, and it matters, and it's the Cowboys. Can Dak Prescott lead the Cowboys to a championship? Yes, sir, that's what you said. Honestly, I think the answer is no. Again, not whether or not I think Dak is a good enough quarterback to win a championship. Because let's, let's dispel with the notion that there's this overly magic line of quarterback play that can get you to a Super Bowl. Winning it, sure. But, I mean, again, we have seen – of course, it's all about Patrick Mahomes right now. Tom Brady's won a bunch of them. But just in recent memory, we've seen Nick Foles win one. We've seen Matthew Stafford win one. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo get there. Uh, guys, I, I, don't know, I don't know how I already lost you. I thought I would make it further, it's to be honest bro. with you. What, you it, know, we don't, we don't, we don't. Okay, I'm sorry. I know that's your guy. I know that's your guy. But can we at least acknowledge he, he's Ignite. not in this magical realm of like, oh, my God, oh, if only Brakes. we had him. Yep. Okay, that's, that's my only point. I think 
Dak Prescott meets the line of you can build a championship team around him. The problem is the franchise that he plays for that has now gone 27 years without a championship. Actually, check this out. A couple weeks ago, we did a similar topic. I said something that I didn't view as controversial, and I got a lot of blowback on it. I said Dak Prescott's career is starting to remind me eerily of Tony Romo's, Mm -hmm. just in the sense of a lot of hype, a lot of regular season wins, a lot of statistics, not a lot of playoff success to show for it. Haven't gotten past the divisional round. And I got a bunch of blowback from people that said, Dak couldn't hope to be Tony Romo. Tony Romo is so much better, which actually... That might have been me. It's, that's okay, Shady. It actually helps my point. Even if you think Tony Romo's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, what do the Cowboys have to show for his career? A bunch of divisional round exits. These are organizational... Yeah, he didn't have that team they got, though. Is that, is that so? Because he went. He was on 13-3 and three teams. He was on 12-4 and four teams. He was on some very good teams that didn't get past the divisional round. I like that defense. And yeah. why... Shady... Go, please go look at the 2007 Cowboys defense. Just, it's, it's fine. Oh, nine and up. I was in the league at 09, so I remember all the games. Football teams. happened before you were in the league. I'm going to say, oh, nine and up. He had a couple years. That's honestly, me. that's beside the point. My, my point is, I think there's organizational failings here, a.k.a. team building, that are holding the Cowboys back. I know you have something to say. Oh, I, just, I got a lot to say. I just want to throw this out there. Go ahead. I'll wait. The Cowboys' two biggest obstacles toward building a more complete roster Dak Prescott's cap hit of $49 million, which is the Cowboys' fault because they waited two years to sign him. And Zeke Elliott's $17 million cap hit, which is fifth largest on their team, which is also the Cowboys' fault because they signed him ahead of Dak Prescott, gave him a $90 million contract that they very much regret right now. <sighs> These are not Dak Prescott issues. These are Dallas Cowboy issues. Are you done, Dave? And it's I'm, stuff I'm, I'm like that. You. So are you done? That makes me are worried you uh, you done that you Dak finished? Prescott can get this finished? organization over the hump. Uh, let me dismantle everything you just said. I doubt it. I doubt it. No, the Cowboys can't win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott because if they could, they would have done it by now. How do I know that? The Cowboys have given Dak Prescott Super Bowl rosters. Let's start in 2016. That's the first year I met Dave Hellman. It's true. In 2016, the Dallas Cowboys went 13-3. and Their roster had three Ring of Honor offensive linemen, two Hall of Fame offensive linemen, Zach Martin, Tyrus Smith, Seth, Travis Frederick being the Ring of Honor player. Their roster had a 1,600-yard running back. Shade, you know how hard it is to rush for 1,600 yards in the league. Their roster had a slot receiver that was all-pro caliber in Colby easily. Ended up getting a second team all pro years later while he was older and even outside his prime. Their roster had a Hall of Fame tight end by the name of Jason Witten. Mm-hmm. Their ha- roster had the greatest touchdown receiver in Cowboys history in Des Bryant, meaning a Cowboys history of wide receivers with Michael Irvin and Andrew Pearson. Their defense also had Sean Lee at the Mike linebacker position and he was healthy. Now, don't tell me the Cowboys defense was not good enough to go to the Super Bowl because who went to the Super Bowl that year? The Atlanta Falcons. They were 27th in points and they were 25th in yards. So their defense was not good. Okay, Dak Prescott, yeah, a really good offense. Can get to the Super Bowl then. Let's give them a really good defense. How about in yes, six, seven did. years later, this year? Now you give them a really good defense with Trayvon Diggs, with Micah Parsons, with Wilcox, Marcus with Demarcus Lawrence. Lawrence, with a whole bunch of beasts at top player, defensive line, linebacker. We're stout. Can't win it with great defense. So now I'm asking myself, if we gave you a great offensive roster and we gave you a great defensive roster, you couldn't win it with good offense, you couldn't win it with good defense, then when can you win it? If you coulda, you woulda. So you can't. It's simple as that. You actually made my point for me. I hope so. The Cowboys stumbled upon Dak Prescott as a fourth-round pick and started him immediately. What do we always say? The easiest way to put a contender together is with a quarterback on his rookie deal. Did the Cowboys maximize that? They absolutely yes. did not. No. Do you want to compare? Do you want to compare those Cowboys rosters? You realize they got one year out of prime Dez. Like Dez was That's there. Fine. Dez was there for That's one all it season. Takes. They got one year out That's of that. All it takes. You want to you want to stack that Cowboys team up against what the Eagles put on the field this year? No, but here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. about the Cowboys, bro. No, it matters. I will stack that Cowboys roster against the 2016 Falcons roster all sure. day. I will. They ran against up against Julio Jones and 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 and, and Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan? Do you like, think... I'll stack them up against that. No, uh, you don't. You don't no. think Devontae yeah. Freeman? Come on. Come on yeah. what are you, about? you don't think you don't think Dak Prescott has grown into a better quarterback since he was a rookie. Again, how many, what, what, um, how many rookies have won the Super Bowl? How many times has that ever happened? Never. Thank you, Joy. So what are we, what are we doing here? Okay, cool. He didn't win the Super Bowl as a rookie. He didn't that even get It's very hard to do. Like Stephen Jones, man. He, he just, lost to prime Aaron Rodgers. Stephen Jones, if somebody these, else gone. I, I think Stephen Jones, he knows, he knows what's really going on. I think he can't get away from the, the, the number. 
that they still owe Dak money wise. And then reading his comments, it's similar to the comments you know people uh, uh, said about Eric Bieniemy, right? They didn't say nothing about him being a great co- offensive coordinator. They said stuff like, "Oh, he's a good leader. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. He's a good coach." Nothing about him being office coordinator, calling plays, installing plays. None of that. Same thing with, with Stephen Jones. What Stephen Jones say? What yeah, he ain't say. All he said is that he's a he's a he's a leader. He has leadership skills, undeniable. Like stuff like that. I mean, that's that's cool. I think that is true. That is true. But not to win a Super Bowl. You said all that to be a leader, which he is, but not to win a Super Bowl. When I look at that Prescott and look at the Cowboys, you keep trying to like. What's he doing? Trick us. Yeah. Don't trick me. I'm just saying Because I watched that last game against what the 49ers, you see? What you see? right? I'm curious. And it wasn't the Cowboys like you talked about. One of the Cowboys, it was Dak. Same guy that had two picks. Mm. The same guy that shut down and had 12 points. The same guy that for the Niners, they couldn't move the ball at all. Oh. And the only reason how they got, they got any points is through turnovers from Dak Prescott. I'm tired, man. So he's tired. He needs coffee. But the real, the real issue is, instead of making excuses for Dak Prescott, we should all keep it real. I think he is a great leader, great like, like, like Stephen talked about. Yes, but sir. the reason why they can't win a Super Bowl is because Dak Prescott. You guys know how many um, receivers on the Cowboys exceeded 600 yards this year? All right, I'm going to split it. There's one, by the way. All right, I'll, I'll sp- one. I'm going to split the bill here. Because... I ain't paying. No. <laughs> no, Dak Prescott is not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And I was on board with that for a long time. I thought he was a confetti guy. Of course he's a great leader. There's no, there's no question about that. I really don't know that there's that many other people in the league. It's a very short list of people that could fill this role of being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Like, that's a, that's a different thing. It's different playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys than any other team in the league. So I give Dak all the credit in that space. But I don't think he is good enough to win a Super Bowl, meaning he is not going to be the catalyst to win you a Super Bowl. I agree Match with that. Match that with... The Cowboys are not ever going to get out of their own way. They didn't replace Amari Cooper this year. That's not Dak Prescott's fault. They've had 27 years of the same exact result. Dak has not been playing for 27 years. He's been playing for seven of those years. Mm-hmm. So I'll split the difference. A long time. I don't think Dak Prescott is good enough to win a Super Bowl, and I don't think the Cowboys run their organization in a way that they can be in a position because they do all this other stuff. They've had all these other great teams. They always have stars, but they never really have the guy at quarterback. And look, Cowboys fans going to be mad at me. I didn't think Tony, Tony Romo was the, guy, was the guy either. And guess what? He wasn't. They didn't, didn't, win they didn't either until he retired. What was, was it the Cowboys? Is it, was it their it's, fault? I, I think it's both. I know, but yes. was, it, was it their fault against the Niners? No. That's, 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 what, that's, that's where that's, I'm at. You know what I'm saying? All that makes cool until. But I can't also ignore the 27 years of evidence that they never had the right form. Let's go on this year, though. Let's go on this year. You know, I'm with you. I don't think Dak is good enough. And there's a lot of reasons why the he needed help, right? He is a guy that needs help. But if you, but when are they going to recognize that and in, and do that? Like they did the huh? first three years of that. When he needed so much help. Third, I don't want to talk about. Then which that you want to talk about this year? You want to talk about? I'm not talking about. What are we talking about? Don't put me in a place where I got to defend Dak Prescott. But I'm not talking about his. Come on over, Joy. It's great. I'm not even saying his rookie year. I'm saying the Cowboys. We can go this year. I'm not saying his rookie year. I'm saying the first. I said the first three, four years. This year was his fault. This year was his fault. He needs no more help this year. His third year in the league, they went into the season with a hodgepodge of nobodies at receiver. They admitted they were wrong for the first time ever, thankfully, and traded for Amari Cooper. Halfway through the season. Hold on. Here's the other problem. We talking about the we always do this with the Cowboys. Why the Cowboys talking about Super Bowls? Y'all don't make it to the NFC championship game. You can't talk about But here, here's my thing. That's, that's not their fault, though. That's, that's not their fault. The, 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 the 27 years? They were averaging 30 points 20, a game, 27 right? years is not their fault? About, listen, that's cool. That's smoking mirrors. We're talking about this year. This year. You want they were averaging 30 points. The Niners average 30 points a game, right? The Cowboys, the team that they assembled together, yeah. right? They averaged what? They, they, at 12, they had them to 12 points. They had the Niners to 12 points. You should be able to go out there and win that game. Here's, here's, here's why. Here's, here's, and this is my last thought. We might have to do this again. Again, here's, here's why I don't believe in like this, the <laughs> mythological being of the Cowboys. Because before Carson Wentz slash Nick Foles, Eagles hadn't won a Super Bowl. Before Jalen Hurts, if you disregard that Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, the Eagles hadn't. Before Joe Burrow, the Bengals hadn't won a Super, hadn't won a Super Bowl in God knows how long. So there, there needs to be somebody special. Somebody unique, somebody overtly talented, somebody who has that extra level of it that can do those things. Dak Prescott is a 
fourth round pick and Tony Romo was undrafted. Go get a quarterback. Go pick? get a quarterback. Oh, wait, 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 hold up. They're massive he, overachievers. Okay, so, that, but that's, see, that's the excuse. They were fourth round undrafted. Joe Burrow's a number one overall pick. Yeah, but right now, this is what they are, right? He's a he's a pro bowler. He's a 160 man quarterback. Three-time pro bowler. Yeah, you should have to win. Your defense did their thing. We're in the midst of free agency in just a few weeks. But you got to hear what Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta said. He said recently, today, recently, that both franchise tags are on the table for Lamar Jackson. Now, if you've been paying attention, Lamar Jackson, he has been putting out some subtle cues himself. He said on Twitter, quote, no matter the circumstances, never crack. Just relax, close, quote. This has been such a fascinating storyline in the NFL. I'm, I'm loving watching it. I'm loving watching how this is being played. But what I am hating is that Lamar Jackson does not have a, uh, a, a board-certified, if you will, agent representing him. Now, what Lamar Jackson is doing, it is very interesting and it is very admirable commendable if you will having his mother act as his representation clearly that family is brilliant because Lamar Jackson would not be here without the brilliance of his intellectual ability and his physical ability so nobody is questioning that but what I want for Lamar Jackson is for him to get the greatest payday that he could possibly get that's the advice that I'm about to lend right now. I'm not going to lend advice that might make him the most likable. I'm not going to lend advice that might make him most in with the culture. I'm going to lend the advice that will make him the wealthiest as it pertains to what I have studied from others that are incredibly wealthy, far more wealthy than I. See, when you have an agent, they act as a bad guy. Shady, I would call an agent a necessary evil. I never liked having agents because they've taken your money. Yeah. But they're a necessary evil, meaning your agent will tell you and teams what you won't necessarily tell yourself or tell other teams. Right. Let's remember when Kyler Murray was trying to get paid, it was his agent that stepped up and said, Kyler Murray wants to be an Arizona Cardinal. Kyler Murray wants to be X, Y, and Z. Kyler Murray, I'm sure, was advised to remove uh, all of the association with the Arizona Cardinals from his social media pages, and he got paid. It was the agent of Deshaun Watson that advised Deshaun Watson how to conduct himself on the football field. It was the agent of Jalen Rams, your Earl Thomas, that helped them become the highest paid players in the sport at their position. Furthermore, agents have connections. Y'all remember Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury have the same agent. So I want somebody as my representative who not only has a team's uh, leverage because they represent me, but I want them to represent some other people too. Right. Oh, you got to pick up my call because not only do you need this client, oh, you might need that client as well. I've seen that time and time again. I do think that while commendable and while admirable, Lamar Jackson is hurting himself without having an agent because Lamar is one of the greatest players that we have seen, the greatest talents we've seen at that position. So why in the world is he still asking? For money instead of demanding it. 2-5, you got paid a lot of money in your career. Is Lamar Jackson hurting himself without an agent? No, man. It's Lamar Jackson. He's a product that a lot of teams would love to have. Before I get into my whole take yes, about sir? this, I want to ask you, because you said something interesting <clears throat> about agents. Yep. So my thing with agents is, if let's say Lamar had a top agent. You pick one. Who's the top agent of you? We'll get him. He's very good. Ooh, he's very hot. So if Lamar Jackson had him, what would be the difference? He wouldn't be in this position in the first place. Okay, but no, right now, right now, if he, if he, to, he fired his mom and he got with him. Yep. So first thing I'm going to say is this. He's going to ask for more money than Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No doubt for sure. There's no difference. No doubt for sure. The Ravens are going to push back on it. So everybody keeps creating this narrative. Oh, he needs another agent or a real agent. I'm thinking like, why? Mm -hmm. Why does he? Every agent he has is going to ask for more, more money than Deshaun Watson. The Ravens' response is going to be the same thing. I feel like a guy like Lamar Jackson, he's different than any other quarterback out here. He has a different skill set even than any quarterback. Patrick true. Mahomes, Josh Allen, whoever, you, whoever you want to name. Very true. He's a franchise quarterback. If the Ravens don't want to pay him, that's fine. There's a lot of other teams that would love to have Lamar Jackson. I think about the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I'm from Harrisburg, so I spent some time in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Go down there and get some, some crab legs, hang, watch some baseball games, even the football games when I was younger. And I'm thinking about all the great players they had. It was always that defense, mm -hmm. right? We couldn't wait to look at Ray Lewis. There's none of that. There's no more of that. When you go down there to a Ravens game, it's going to be tons of Ray Lewis jerseys. Now it's Lamar Jackson. Yep. Think about that. You can't wait to save your money to go to a Ravens game, and now who's the quarterback? 
Who would it be? Come on. The, the team, when Lamar doesn't play, they lose. When he plays, they win. Sign this quarterback and stop playing these games, Ravens. Please. He, he did ask nicely, Ravens. He did <laughs> Come ask on, nicely. What are we talking about? He did say please. Joy, break this down. Is Lamar hurting himself without an agent? I don't think so because I think this is – this should be the easiest deal of his career. It's his turn to get paid. That's right. The market is what the market is. We know what the the high end is between Deshaun Watson and the next highest paid with guaranteed money. It is Russell Wilson, 165 million guaranteed. Deshaun Watson has 230 million guaranteed. Of course, if it's your turn to get paid, you're going to come in higher than Deshaun Watson. Right. Now, maybe he'll get it, maybe he won't. But you don't negotiate against yourself. You're going to ask for a lot. The organization or the company's going to ask for a little, you meet in the right, middle. You or go. you meet a little closer to your ends or a little closer to their ends, depending on the leverage that you have at, the, at that time. But he's, he should be asking for the most money, and that's what his agent, his mother, is doing. Now, the only thing that's going to change is if somebody else gets paid. If a Joe Burrow comes in and doesn't ask for that and, or doesn't get that. If a Jalen Hurts doesn't get that. Then you're going to start to get into the, really, the real negotiating part of this. But Lamar Jackson knows what he's doing. He's trying to make a ton of money. He's not going to trick that off <laughs> by not having somebody who's competent in what they're doing. And he doesn't really need the connections right now. He's Lamar Jackson. He's the commodity. Right. There are lots of teams around the league right now who need franchise quarterbacks, and that's what Lamar Jackson is. Kyler Murray missed nine games due to injury. Lamar's missed 11. I could be switching those around, but it's, it's, it's somewhere within it's there. They've, yeah. they've yeah. missed this, essentially the same amount of, of games due to injury. And Lamar Jackson's way better than Kyler Murray. So it, this really isn't, this isn't a point in his career where he's searching out other teams for a job because he needs one. He's going to have one. It's just a matter of what is the final number going to end up being. Here's my thing, Dave, as we come to you, is this. Russell Wilson, you said 166? 165. 165. Deshaun Watson, to my knowledge, I believe is 230. 230 even? Yep. 230. Uh, 165 to 230. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm Tyler's wrong. But I think, so I think there's $65 million there. Oof. It's a big discrepancy. Mm. Like, I, like, this is no small feat. That's why I think it's so easy for me on television to say, well, Lamar, just do your thing without an agent, right? It's some, you got to be somewhere between Kyler or Deshaun or maybe greater than Deshaun, between Russ and Deshaun or greater than Deshaun. But we are talking about a $65 million gap, Dave Hellman, that I think an agent could help ease. What do you think? An agent can do a lot of things to help you, but I, I'll go as far as to say I commend Lamar Jackson in a way, and not because not I'm positive that this is going to work out for the best for him, but at the very least, this is interesting. It's interesting and unprecedented. Here, here's the thing. and Finish, because I'm upset. No, I know I'm you upset. know this. Actually, all of y'all know this. Agents, for all the good they do, and all the ways they help you make the most money possible, they're, also, they're part of this machine. It's mm -hmm. all part of the, the mechanisms of the NFL or any other sports league for that matter. And I think that's why this has a lot of people in a tizzy because we know next to nothing about what's going on with this negotiation. True. Because there's not an agent or an agency putting out Lamar Jackson's side of this. You know, like whether it's David Mulligetta, Drew Rosenhaus, any number of agents, like the, the longer you do this as somebody that's covered the league for 10 years, you can look at an outlet or a reporter reporting information and say, oh, they're cool with that agent. That's mm -hmm. where that came from. Yep. That's why. And we're not getting that. And I think, it, I think it's very interesting. And on top of that, I agree with what Joy and Shady said. I hear you. There's, there's levels to this. But at the end of the day, all Lamar Jackson has to do is sign a piece of paper and he's going to be guaranteed 30 or $40 million. That is a jumping off point. He's 26 years old with an NFL MVP. The earning potential is there. And I say this all the time. My opinion about this is colored by my experience covering Dak Prescott's contract because he had everything go wrong for him and still cashed out in an extraordinary way. I don't know if he will get paid by the Baltimore Ravens, but Lamar Jackson's going to make his money. Something catastrophic would have to happen for him to not sign a contract worth Close to $200 million, if not more than that. Like, that's coming. It's just a matter of when and who. And so, yeah, he could probably make life easier for himself with an agent. But to Joy's point, I don't think he really needs it because he's got the ultimate leverage in the fact that he's a franchise but quarterback. Here, here's my thing. If he had the ultimate leverage, he would be paid by now. That's my issue. That's, that's my not issue. always no, no, true. No, 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 no. Here's why I think that's it's true. That's not always okay. true. Here's why I think okay. it is true. 
Because if Deshaun Watson had all this power, all this leverage, okay. all, 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 all of – if he was in the power position, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Not in my mind based upon what we've seen. Shady, he's already gone through a year without being paid. Hold on. So tell me some players that got easy deals only, at, at that number. Only at, two in my mind would be Mahomes and Josh in recent history. Those are the only two. Okay, so like that's, it easy. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do that. And I feel like we don't know how hard it was with, with Josh Allen because it was under wraps. So I was, about to, I was about to push back what you said. There's some contracts that don't even have them issues mm-hmm. where you don't know what's being said from this side and that side. They keep it quiet, you know, and they keep it private, and, and they get done. a deal done. I just feel like Lamar Jackson is so good. You brought up Dak Prescott. He's so much – he's so good that I don't have to really I – don't, I, don't, I have so much leverage. I don't even have to negotiate too much. It's like you That's know true. what I want, right? You know what I deserve. The market is this. Deshaun Watts got this. I need something bigger than this. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. Let, let, let's figure out a, a, a way where we can meet in the middle. But Shady, you know I, this. I don't think the agent part is that big of a deal. But here's what you know, Shady. is like, what I, what I know? Billionaires don't become billionaires by being overly generous people. It's not just going to be like, hey, Deshaun got this. I want more than this. Give me this bread. Here's what I was thinking of this morning. Okay. In response to that, though, 2-5 is the Ravens haven't historically proven to be a stingy organization. They made Joe Flacco the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League not once, twice. What? Joe Flacco, yeah. When he won the Super Bowl, he was the highest paid. Then when he signed his extension in 2016, he was the highest paid. They just made Roquan Smith the first $100 million inside backer. They just did that less than he three des- months ago. Yeah, he deserves so it. So it's not like the Ravens like, nah. They're not like a notoriously stingy organization. Joe Flacco was the first quarterback ever to get $120 million. That's little Joe Flacco. We're talking about Lamar Jackson. There's a fly in the ointment, and it's Deshaun Watson getting a deal that just completely blew the rest. I mean, it, yeah. it was so far outside of what the market had been established to be. There's bound to be bumps with that. And I know Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray accept the deals less than that, but Lamar Jackson has the resume that he can push back. Significantly exactly. less. But the other part is, while you're right about that, the owner of this team spoke publicly about the Deshaun Watson deal in disapproving fashion. So it, even though they aren't a cheap organization, this, this, is not, this is different. Correct. And so if it's different, though, my thought is this. If it's different, I would want somebody who is ex- ex- experienced at navigating the difference. My thought is this, like... If Deshaun Watson had no agent, okay. does he get $230 million? Probably not. Probably not? Not. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's, that's not true, so but there's, it's different situations, though. Absolutely. But 2-5, there's a quantifiable number here. Your agent took what? Did you talk 2%, 1%? 2%. Most agents, bingo. Most agents take three. But if you're that good like Shady, you can give your agent two. You can give your agent one if you're probably Lamar Jackson. Right. So, I'm, there's a quantifiable number here. 2% of $230 million is $5 million. Okay. So, the question is this. Can Lamar make $5 million more with an agent than he can make without an agent? My answer would be yes. But also, well, I would agree with you about Deshaun Watson. That is an extreme situation for many different reasons. A lot of stuff going on. He absolutely needed an agent. What I like about what Lamar is doing is he's attempting to, and it seems like he's going to stay on this path, Create generational wealth within his family. But he was going to either way, Joy. Yes, but he's going to make more. Not necessarily. That's why I disagree. But your reason why he needs an agent is is why. Because I think he would make more money with an agent. But but, but, but why, though? It's it's going to be the same thing. If if, if, if Drew Rosenhaus or whoever the agent is, they're going to say the same exact thing. Hold on real quick. And and the team, they're always pushing back. Yes, sir. Every player would tell you this. The player never got the money he really wanted. Correct. So I'm thinking, like, what's the, what's the... It comes down to this. I believe that an agent would make Lamar Jackson 2% more than not having an agent would make. I, I believe that man. if Lamar Jackson signs a $230 million deal, his agent would have made him 235 240 Because that's what it's real simple. To represent pro, I have an agent. I'm a pro-agent person. I like having an agent. And that's with the money that agents take. And they take a lot of they it. They make my life more convenient. So I pay for the convenience and what they bring to the table. But what he's doing is being a disruptor. And if yep. it ends up working out, which I believe it will, because whether the Ravens pay him this or not, there are some other teams right, out there. Right. There were other teams bidding for Deshaun Watson. It wasn't like everybody just forgot, like, oh, he's in, he's in Cleveland now. Nope. Atlanta. New Orleans. Miami. Mm-hmm. New Orleans. Two of those places still very much need quarterbacks. So it's, the market is there. Whether it's going to be at the, at the Sean Watson level or not, again, from the very beginning, I've always believed that the owners are going to push back as much as they possibly can, united on giving away that much guaranteed money. I believe that. But, like Shady said, it's only a thing until it's not. 
We didn't think Deshaun Watson was going to get that, certainly. If another person gets that, then that's what the market is. It'll be the norm. I I agree. Here's the thing. I do believe he will be a disruptor, but the interesting thing about disruptors in all of society, whether in sports or in the greater aspect of culture, disruptors usually take the first blow. I want Lamar to get the biggest check, not the biggest backlash. Back to speak, Aaron Rodgers, he has been the center of so much controversy this offseason, and I have to admit, I'm super surprised it happened, but he flipped me. He flipped my approach. I finally understand where Aaron Rodgers is coming back, coming from. It was this quote that made me really see. Aaron Rodgers said this on Aubrey Marcus' podcast. He said, then they drafted my replacement, and then I won MVP twice. I threw 85 touchdowns and nine interceptions in two years. Mm. Why in the world did I highlight my replacement? Because my replacement has a name. Jordan Love. But Aaron Rodgers still refuses to use that name of Jordan Love because Aaron Rodgers is still so eminently damaged, at least emotionally, at the fact that the Packers drafted his replacement. Not only that, what did Aaron Rodgers say? I threw 85 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Those are specifics. He didn't just say I threw a lot of touchdowns and a few picks. Aaron Rodgers not only refuses to acknowledge the name of Jordan Love, but continues to highlight just what he did in response to what the Packers did. I get it. Aaron Rodgers was scorned, and now he wants to continue to remind the Packers every chance he gets that he's in the Packer power position. I have finally turned joy in my thoughts of Aaron Rodgers because I understand his approach. I get his approach, and dare I say, Joy, I'm okay with Aaron Rodgers' approach. But I know you have some thoughts, so are you okay with Rodgers' approach? Exhausting. All right, look. I'm a very petty person. No, I'm not okay with this. I'm going to explain why. I'm a very petty person. I like villains. You know why I like villains? They don't apologize for being villains. I'm the bad guy. Do something about it. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. It's all this, oh, I don't care. I'm so zen. I'm just taking time to sort through my feelings in the darkness. Then he drops that quote. You care. You very much care if you're talking like that. Don't play. I hear you. You care. Mm-hmm. You just said it. Mm-hmm. My replacement mm. won the MVP twice. <clears throat> Devontae Adams. I'm sorry. I'm going to get a little water in a second. 85 touchdowns, nine interceptions in two years. But, uh, you know, if you think I'm a diva, it's fine. You know, just, just tune it out. I'm only answering these questions because I'm being asked. What, what are you doing? If you want to say, hey, they tried to replace me. I put up these numbers. I had this production. I'm still great. And I'm going to take my time. Deal with it. Cool. I can respect that. That You're right. You're right. You Aaron Rodgers. You're right. You didn't have a great year last year, but it's fine. I can respect it. But it's all this back and forth, this whole, this whole, uh, if you don't like it, if you think it's drama and being a diva or whatever, this is my life. I'll make a decision. What, what, what is it? Stand on it, dog. I respect that. But this whole, this, this, he's, this wishy-washy stuff is exhausting. I can't keep up. Do you care or do you not care? Because that sounds a lot like somebody who cares. It is exhausting. And, it, look, I mean, I, I'm just, I've got an Aaron Rodgers cape hanging off my back this <laughs> offseason. I don't like it. I don't like it for whatever it's worth. Oh, no. Here's, look, Aaron Rodgers is exhausting. And my read, I've never met the man in my life, but he seems like he likes to hear himself talk. I mean, he's got a weekly TV spot with Pat McAfee. He goes on this podcast to talk about his own uh, story, his own journey to whatever is next in his career. He likes to hear himself talk, in my opinion. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of exhausting when he does things like this and is like, well, what? Well, like, you don't have to listen to what? it. Wait, 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 so much. So here, right. Here's it, and then that's right. look, it's it's our job. It's our job to pay attention to what Aaron Rodgers says. But I promise you, if it wasn't, I would have no clue what was going on with this man. Did you like there's drama going on with Haley Bieber and Selena Gomez right now? Did y'all hear about this? I didn't. You know why? Because I don't care, and it's not my job. I learned about it yesterday, and I was like, what on earth? I felt like I was reading another language. It is possible to tune this out if it's not your job, and that is exactly what I would do. But Aaron Rodgers, look, as as exhausting as it is, it is his life and his career, and the new new league year doesn't start for two more weeks. He's got time. Like, Look, as long as he's planning on making a decision before free agency opens, which gives him two weeks – He's got two weeks. As long as he does that, I don't think he's hurting anybody. If he wants to feel self-important and, and explain all of his thoughts for everything, that's his right to do. It doesn't bother me. 
as long as it doesn't drag out for more than about another week or two. That's, that that's, is, it is fascinating, by the way. Hey, oh, my God. I was, I was in a wormhole for happy, like an hour. Happy birthday, Justin Bieber. Anyway, I, I digress. 2-5, um, where you stand on all this Aaron Rodgers stuff? I'm tough on A-Rod. You I are, am, right? You have been. And I keep it real. I Always. Real. I love it, though. Yeah, I love it. The part I love more is, or best about it is just more like, it's my life. And I've been there where, you know, like, like people are so involved, giving me their opinions, and I guess we get paid to do it, so we have to do it. But it's like, it's my life. If I want to take forever to get my decision to player, to get traded, whatever I want to do, that's me. And, and once, you're, you're, once you hang up the cleats, you can't ever come back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I respect what he's saying. Like, hey, if you think it's drama, I do. If, you, if, you have a, if it's annoying to you, I think it's annoying. <laughs> it's my life. It tune me out. Yeah. So I do respect what he's saying, and, and, and I'm just being honest. Like that's one of the things where, like, I, I, sometimes he gets on my nerves when he says things like that. Yeah. I start loving him again. All right, Rod, I love what you're saying right there. So <laughs> I respect it. I'm with you, Joy. Don't you feel like? And, and here's where I stand. I would never do it, I, but I don't have it in me to you're do. You're a good guy, though. I, well, I'm just saying, like, I'm just not yeah, that selfish. Guy. I'm just not that like oh, inherently yeah. selfish. I applaud the fact that Aaron Rodgers is being so exclusively and excessively selfish, and he don't care. He, done, he held the Packers to the fire year, multiple years in a row. Yeah. He's like, I'll make a decision when I make a decision. He ain't going to OTA. I'm already at. He was pictured in Hawaii. He was out golfing while his team was working just last year. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great season, and he's still like, yeah, I'm taking my time. Going to a darkness retreat, doing the Pat McAfee show. He's doing what he wants to do, and he does not care. I also think about it like this, though, Joy, is – there's that one quote, the child that's not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Where do you I get these things? I think that's where Rodgers You always is at. have a saying. Always. Because I think that's Rodgers. He's like, wait a second. Y'all drafted my replacement. And then I gave y'all not one MVP, two MVPs, 85 touchdowns, yeah. nine picks. Don't think I forgot for a second that's that numbers. y'all tried to replace me. That's numbers. So after y'all tried to replace me, I went and balled not once, but twice. I'm going to do what I want to do. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) I hear you. I'm extremely selfish. I know this about myself. I can be arrogant. I'm certainly not humble. And I believe you should do whatever it is that makes you happy. But just say that. That's not what he's saying. He's constantly complaining about people having an opinion about what he says. Don't say nothing then. Nobody's making him do these interviews. It is not my job to not pay attention to what Aaron Rodgers does. So I apologize. I have to talk about Aaron Rodgers. That's what I get paid to do. (laughs) And I would like to keep my job. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. Totally. So it's not like he's one of those people that, like, asks for all this attention and then complains that everyone's paying attention. What do you want? Do you want the attention or not? Because nobody's digging through your garbage to find out what you're trying well, to do let me do ask right you this, now. though, Joy, because, okay, now it's going to get tense on set, Shady. I Let's hope get, you're ready. Let's get messy. Joy, when you put out a tweet, yes. people don't have to respond. When no. you put out a tweet, when I put out a tweet, when I drop a video, when you drop a video, Dave, when you write a column, nobody has to respond. But... If you put it out there and people choose to respond, that's on them. So if Aaron Rodgers goes on a show and we choose to talk about it on no, our no, show, no, 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 that is no, on no, us. No, 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 no. Aaron Rodgers is one of the faces of this league. Sure. Okay? He's a first ballot Hall of Fame. Absolutely. He is possibly retiring. He is possibly getting traded to another team mm-hmm. or possibly staying with the team he's been with for 18 years. People wanting to know what his decision is is not out of bounds. Now, it's him not. taking the time to make his decision is up to him. But you don't get to control how other people feel. You don't get to control how other people respond. But it you- is a mentality that is pervasive throughout society that you can do what you want and everyone else is obligated to respond how you would like Agreed. them to respond. But if it's bothering you, why wouldn't you do, not literally you, the figurative you, if it's bothering you, why wouldn't you do what Aaron Rodgers Tune said? To me out. And I don't care about you. That we, so are we, are, what he's suggesting is arrogance. No one's going to care about what Aaron Rodgers is doing. This whole league that's trying to fill the position of a quarterback, the Jets, the Falcons, the Saints, Miami, who knows? However many more teams. San Francisco. Everyone's supposed to not care. It's silly. It's nonsense. Of course oh. people care. Of course people want the answer. And he's entitled to take all the time he wants. But you can't. It just doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. I assume, and maybe I'm wrong, but like I read that quote. When he's telling people to tune him out, I assume he means fans that are tired of hearing about him. Or maybe or people in the media. Yeah. Literally, like or the us. T- And that's, see, I hate, I hate what I'm about to say. Because Aaron Rodgers is gets, Play that is, he gets annoying. Play that with your chest. I would argue he's not yet even being selfish. 
I really don't think so. And see, I, I know. I don't, selfish, though. Well, okay, even but like what like as of right now, it's March first. It's like we can't time travel to the start of free agency. Like it's March first. There's two weeks until any of this matters. The Packers, it's not even like the Packers are in limbo, like, Aaron, we got to know. Like, we, we need to figure out what to do about quarterback. No, they, their quarterback's on the roster if he's gone. Jordan mm-hmm. Love's there. They don't have to figure that out. By the way, the Packers are a draft and develop team. Their whole roster's dra- guys they drafted. Like, they're not about to go out and do a bunch of stuff in free agency anyway. They just need <laughs> a timely decision about what he's going to do. And like I said, that, and, and, and he's quoted in the podcast saying this, like, you know, Brett Favre took until June one yep. year to figure this out. That is incredibly selfish. If he's got this figured out in time for the Packers to make a free agency plan and figure out what to do with him, I don't have an issue with it. He's been selfish. I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it. I'm talking about in this specific instance. Oh, okay. You said you don't talk about the past. You're the one that tells me that. <laughs> I don't saying. think he's being selfish. I don't think he's being selfish, and I don't think he's holding them hostage right now. But the idea that people are should be uninterested in what he's saying when he is the one saying it. He's continuing the narrative. I don't yeah. understand. Like, what do you want? Do you not want views on this podcast? I do you not want people to listen to, to McAfee? I don't. It doesn't make sense. I think what he is, what I received from it. I don't know what he's saying. What I heard is, if you don't like it, then don't. That's Talk about why, it. If why, you don't like why it. Why are you doing appearances on shows then? Because if for those that do like it. Listen. Yeah. But for those that don't yeah. like it, it's kind of like I don't think that's how views work. But I'm to be saying, honest like, with you, I don't people, think that's how they built the following. I'm saying, that but that's not, that's not his podcast, right? Uh-uh. So he's in the podcast. So listen, this is how I feel. Either you take it or don't take it. It's as simple as that. That's like it's, it's, um, it's always fascinating to me when I drop something on Twitter. I might drop this conversation we're having right now, and somebody will quote tweet, "I chose an idiot." Man, I can't stand Shady and Acho. Oh God, I can't stand listening to Joy. Then just block me. I'll do it. Unfollow me. You don't have to listen. You don't have to engage. I didn't force you to comment. So it's kind of like, yo, if you don't like him, no, 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 no. tune him out. No, it's, it's you doing that and them saying that and you being like, oh, my God, I can't believe anyone had anything to say about what I said. How could anyone care? I don't, I don't read mentions, but real quick. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Let's try to tell me something. I said something. But real quick. So, so the selfish part, like name me some other Hall of Fame quarterbacks, right, or, 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 or legit franchise quarterbacks that, that does these type of things. It's super selfish. I can't. I can't. Let's keep it real, though. Patrick Holmes ain't doing this, right? He, he wants his young guys in the room. No, just think about it for a second. No, no, I hear you. He wants your players, your teammates to know, yo, my guy's going to be here. So they look forward to the future. Even Brady didn't do this. Well, remember, Brady, Brady, remember Brady this year was like, I'm retiring, and I'm doing it in a video because I already did that last year. What about year. last year, though? Well, even last year, it just leaked. Brady didn't say, oh. like, I'm mule. Oh, he was retired. mad about it. Well, he kept his mad. He's like, yo, I never said this officially. So my thing is, like, yo, what, what quarterback that's supposed to be franchise, supposed to be a Hall of Famer, does this? That's super selfish. It's like all about you. Where most quarterbacks, if you really look at it, they're, they're making a decision. Yeah. Or they'll stay quiet. Maybe, yes. maybe it's something about Green Bay because his predecessor it did does it. happen. All I'm, I'm saying, saying is, ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Mm. So if you want to be selfish and you want to take your time, I, mean, I don't even think it's selfish. You want to take your time, you want to do all that, fine. But don't, don't, don't try and play both sides of it. You're all zen and you understand. No, I'm taking my time and that's it. Period. If you're a crook and you don't get caught, though, does that make you a halfway Ain't crook? Ain't no such thing as halfway, as halfway crooks. crooks. Watch this. Watch this. Who sees that song? What rapper? No, honestly, Shady. The coach are going to be mad. Uh, they already are. <laughs> <laughs> not going to lie. They, they already are. Kevin Durant, he made his long, and I mean long-awaited, appearance. Y'all won't believe this. This dude dropped 23 points. In 27 minutes, Devin Booker also had 37 himself. It was really a clinical performance by one of the best scorers in the history of basketball. He put the NBA on alert by his individual performance, in my mind, at least as we come on camera. It's about to be a great show. It's our Friday show. Yeah. It's our Friday show, man. So we got to give y'all our best. KD, 23 points, 27 minutes. Joy Taylor, in that dominant win, albeit against Charlotte, did Kevin Durant put the Western Conference on notice. I don't know that I would call that a dominant win. It was a good win, but it was was close in the fourth quarter. They Mm -hmm. had a chance. I I think that they did put the Western Conference on notice because who in the Western Conference do you have complete confidence in? Now, I don't expect them to win a championship this year. I actually would be impressed if they win a championship this year. I think it's going to take a little time for all this to come together. But, but the reason why we all got crazy about KD going here is Kevin Durant is maybe the all-time easiest plug-and-play player in the history of the NBA. The way that he plays the game, the way he can create his own shot, 
defensively, the way he can rise up above everyone. There's no, there's really no defending him. I, I, I don't want to get hyperbolic here, but maybe KD's shot is as the closest to Kareem's when you talk about somebody who is that difficult to defend. Mm-hmm. He can just rise up over whoever you are and get a bucket. This is what we expected to see. And he was efficient. He wasn't out there for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Came back in to make sure the game was won. So I think, it's, I think it's a great opening night. I thought it was a great performance. And I didn't think the game really ever got away from them. They did what they were supposed to do. I think the Western Conference should be on notice. I think they should absolutely be on notice. I think the Suns had the game in control. They were playing with their food when they wanted to. But at the end of the day, they knew they was going to eat the meal. Yeah. And uh, Charlotte, unfortunately, happened to be the meal that was to be devoured. When I was watching the game, though, Slick, I thought about it like this. There was a point in time where Aiton was on the floor. KD was on the floor. Booker was on the floor. CP was on the floor. Campaign was on the floor. And I was thinking there to myself, you had a Hall of Fame point guard, a first-team All-NBA player, a seven-footer in Aiton, who I've seen average 20 and 15 for, in a series versus the Lakers, and Kevin Durant, one of the greatest bucket-getters in the history of the National Basketball Association. Everybody better be on notice. Hmm. I was watching that game, and I said, how can the Suns not get to the Western Conference Finals? They have to. I remember in high school, Slick, I, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, Highland Park High School, where Matthew Stafford went to school. It was one of those dominant high school programs in all sports. Produced Matthew Stafford along with several others. Played Highland Park one time. They had like a 6'7 big, a 6'8 big, a 6'6 small forward, a 6'3 shooting guard, a 6'5 point. In high school, that's dominant. That was a feeling I felt when watching the Suns trot out two lengthy seven-footers yesterday in Aiton and KD. We don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you had David Robinson, you had Tim Duncan, obviously coined the Twin Towers. You don't see that anymore. Clearly, the Timberwolves tried that. It hasn't really succeeded all that much, and Cat has been out as of late. So the Suns are not only physically imposing, but by skill. First team All-NBA, Devin Booker, one of the greatest scorers of all time, Kevin Durant, one of the greatest point guards of all time, Chris Paul. By skill, they put the league on notice as well, in my mind. But what do you say? Uh, you may be right about all of that, but this game couldn't tell that to me because they were playing the Charlotte Hornets. You said, albeit they were playing the Charlotte Hornets. You need to put that in all caps, okay? (laughs) Albeit it was the Charlotte Hornets. They are the second worst team in the Eastern Conference and they are the worst offense in the entire league. And they were playing their first game after losing LaMelo Ball to a fractured ankle. And yes, they had, they had, uh, JT Thor, they had Thor out there. JT <laughs> Thor, not the uh, the Viking with the hammer or whatever. Um, and the question that we have with the Phoenix Suns is not that they're going to be an offensive juggernaut. Defense. We know that, right? Can they defend? Can they defend at a high level without Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay mm. Crowder? Playing the worst offense in the league without LaMelo Ball is not – going to tell me that. So I'm not going to take anything away from this game. I'm not saying that they can't be everything that you think they can be. But this team, this this game doesn't tell. Very me. quickly though, before I come to Shady, because I'm very interested, Shady, obviously being one of the biggest Kevin Durant fanatics on television, my thought is this. At the point in which the Clippers are 0-3 with Russell Westbrook, the Mavs are 1-4 when Luka and Kyrie play. Doesn't there have to be some sort of knowledge that you've garnered because the addition of Kevin Durant and the Suns had clearly at least not made them worse, whereas the addition of Westbrook and the addition of Kyrie, you're still questioning what's going on there. Don't you at least have to assume, oh, wait, they clearly are more ahead of some of the other teams that made big acquisitions. Well, to Joy's point, though, KD's game is so malleable. His, his ability to score in so many different ways. He can catch and shoot, or he can attack. He can play off of guys, or you can play through him. That's the greatness of KD that I can't compare to the other big additions that were made. So it is a testament to how good KD is, and special as he is, and it is a bonus, but ultimately it's going to come down to can they defend at a high level? And nothing about this game Proves oh, that yeah, to me. Yeah. It's like, and I feel that, though, because, like, I look at all the great scores from the Kobe Bryant's, Tracy McGrady's, Allen Iris, Michael Jordan's, like, great scores. But what makes Kevin Durant the god, what makes him different, he can, you can plug him in any system. If you, okay, fine. B- Booker, he's, he's ball dominant, isolation player, cool. I still in the wing. I can give you 20-some points mm-hmm. from three balls. He shoots three balls like, he, like Steph Curry. Not Steph Curry, but in line. Yeah, that he, he's a very efficient from three. 
Okay, cool. You want to put me in the post? Bet. I can play in the post. I can do pick and roll with you. You can do whatever you want to do with yeah. Kevin Durant in any scheme he fits in. That's why I think the transition from going from the Nets to the Suns is nothing. Where other, other players like, like Kyrie, I, I think it's going to take time. The Jajel with Luka. Uh, Westbrook with the, with the Clippers, it may take time. When I watched this game last night, it was, just, it was impressive because how easy. It looked like, it looked like Kevin Durant been there for, mm-hmm. for a month already, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, granted, it was the, 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 the um, Hornets. I mean, they did beat them by double digits. <laughs> I mean, it's basketball. So, I just feel like going forward, this is going to be a tough team to beat. Do you think – are they your favorite in the West now? Now that you've yeah. seen KD plus you've seen the other players? I just think, man, like, if they get some, some better supporting cast from the bench, and I think TJ Warner would be that type of supporting cast, it's an extra, extra boost. Uh, and then DeAndre Ayton, right? We all talk about him. He's kind of up and down. I think he's a solid player. The best thing about his game now, when you got KD, it makes the game so much easier. Right? So you want to send these double teams to Booker's way, to KD's way. With the big man, it makes it so simple. I remember watching the Warriors um, when they were playing with um, Looney, mm-hmm. right? And I, Looney's solid. He's a guy that, I mean, he's a great role player, right? He's, he's in the way sometimes. Yeah, he's in the way sometimes, but look, he knows where to go with the ball, passing it. He, he's going to score, you know, here and there. He might get double digits as far as, you know, scoring or rebounds. But when he played with Kevin Durant, his game evolved. It was, and it's not like the, his play got better. It's just playing with Kevin Durant, it got easier. Mm-hmm. I think with Kevin Durant on your team, he makes the game so much easier for all the role players. This team will be, listen, I, I don't want to say that. <laughs> but I, I, I might got them in the finals. We've been waiting to watch this game, Joy, for a very long time. This game meaning Kevin Durant's appearance on the Suns. It's been one of the most highly anticipated spectacles in maybe the last two and a half weeks. Before the Super Bowl, we were all itching to see it happen. Kevin Durant actually was staying at our hotel in Arizona. So there was even more heightened anticipation. What was your biggest take? He was looking for you, by the way. Uh, you know what I saw? We were talking when he walked by. I tried to dap him up, and he either, he yeah, either didn't yeah, see it or he didn't like he, he said, He said, where your man at? I don't know. <laughs> He's looking for you, just so you know that. Uh, Joy, what was your biggest takeaway when you watched? I mean, this is what we thought it was going to look like. We thought, we thought KD was going to fit into the system very easily, and he did. And this is what KD does. I, I also felt good that he was able to play the amount of minutes that he played because, obviously, he's, he is coming back off of an injury, and you don't want to rush a player back too soon. You don't want to put him in a situation where he could injure himself more. We've seen that specifically with Kevin Durant. So I thought the amount of minutes that he played was impressive. I thought his efficiency was impressive. But I thought this is what we expected to see. We expected it to flow very, very easily. I know it's Charlotte. Well, I know. Yeah. But isn't this a nice start? Because it's not going to get any easier for, easier for them. They yeah. do have a, they have a tough stretch of games coming up. If you wanted to bring KD back, this is a nice entrance back in. It's Charlotte. He feels good. He missed he got five. his bucket. He missed five shots. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give all of you credit for watching the entire game. Because I watched the first five minutes when Charlotte could not score. Literally could not score. But eventually they started scoring. And I started flipping bit. around to find something that was going to be more meaningful. Because at that point, I knew. I knew how this was going to go. And look, sometimes teams have slow starts. Mm-hmm. But looking at the Hornets, you had Gordon Hayward guarding Kevin Durant, okay? You had Kelly Oubre Jr. guarding Devin Booker. Is it, I Mark mean, Williams and J.T. Thor back there. No, come on now. Like, it was easy. So, like, I got a question for you. This is going to, to – for the end of the conversation, for the next three to four minutes, I have this thought. Um, my thought when I watched the game but also looked at the box score was Kevin Durant's hyper-success with the Warriors was a, uh, a factor of two reasons. One, Kevin Durant is immensely talented, can play anywhere. Two, the Warriors had enough humility to say, you know what, AKD, go do your thing. Like, if Steph Curry wanted mm-hmm. to be so egotistical that he wasn't going to pass the ball, distribute the ball, mind you, Steph Curry leading up to that point had a unanimous MVP, so he had every right to be. If he wanted to be so egotistical, that could have thwarted the success of the Warriors. Why am I bringing that up? Devin Booker has a lot on the line. He got a whole bunch on the line. If y'all remember, two, three years ago, we started speaking of Devin Booker in the same conversations of Kobe Bryant as it pertained to scorers. Those were conversations being had on national television. I hated it, too. It, but it did happen. Yeah, it happened. I, as I watched that game, am wondering, is Devin Booker, does he have the luxury of deferring to Kevin Durant when it comes down to meaningful basketball? Because Devin Booker, in year eight, first-team All-NBA, 
went to a finals but didn't get the job done. Devin Booker has a 70-point game, but I don't know if Devin Booker has the luxury to defer to KD because Devin Booker's resume is so far from being complete. When I see Devin Booker having 37 points, KD only played 27 minutes, had 23, do you foresee a potential problem down the line of not necessarily egos meeting, but Devin Booker not allowing Kevin Durant to be or giving Kevin Durant easily the reins to take over as the best player. No, I don't I don't think it I don't see it happening intentionally. Could it happen just because they're going through the same thing Kyrie and Luca are going through in Dallas, which is figuring out how do we play off of each other most effectively? I don't think Devin's going to begrudge KD getting the ball with the game on the line or however many shots he takes because don't forget Devin, when he was at Kentucky, came off the bench, mm-hmm. all right? He didn't have any success until Chris Paul got to Phoenix. Like, he's had the experience of, hey, dog, we'll let you be the man, and has not gone very far. And so even going to the finals and not getting it done, I, I, I would hope and, would, and believe that Devin Booker is thinking, I got Kevin Durant. Like, let's find a way to go get the, the chip. I'm not going to get in the way of what my personal journey is or what my standing is. I'm not about to let that get in the way of us winning at all. It's fascinating. I was just – go ahead, Tupac. No, I I think Booker likes that. I mean, just because – what has he done? I mean, he scored some points, right? He's made first First team. First team All-NBA. I mean, but he hasn't won nothing. No playoffs, nothing like that. No championships. Players want to win championships. And then even after the game, Booker says after win, this is one of those moments that it doesn't really feel real Mm -hmm. to have Kevin Durant. So he seems like he's excited to play with a guy like Kevin Durant. And then I think the last part is, even when he came to the Warriors, I, I think why the superstars kind of pushed the, the last game shots on him or, 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 or giving that role is because I think when Kevin Durant comes to your team, you kind of know, like, okay, he's, he's the best player. It's, it's very rare he, can, he can't go to a team and be the best player. Mm-hmm. True. So is Booker a one? You would think 1A, 1A, 1B. No, 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 no. 1A, 1B. My response to that would be Booker's had a lot of individual success, a lot of big moments individually. Mm. It's going to benefit him far more to have a championship on his resume yes. deferring to Kevin Durant than it will anything else he can accomplish outside of this team winning a championship. Joy's, Joy's still not done with the no, we can debate that, that we had yesterday. <laughs> still trying to win that one. Let's see. You can watch after the show. 